about today is actually a short sermon, so y'all can put it down in your books. Brandon preached a short, a short sermon one time. Um, and so we are going to be preaching again out of Proverbs, and the title of today's sermon is Just Keep Swimming. Just Keep Swimming. Um, obviously, it's another interesting um, sermon title for us today, but it is one of those for those of us who know from Finding Nemo where um, there's this, obviously, this event. I'm not going to explain the whole movie, but he's looking for his son, and he runs into Dory, and Dory, as he starts to get discouraged, just tells him, just keep swimming. You won't find your son if you stop swimming. And so um, I kind of want to look at that today and give a little bit of advice for ourselves. Um, in, in all that we're going through in life and all that we endure, the disappointments, the ups and downs, I think an encouragement for all of us is just keep going, just keep swimming. And as we go, and as we swim, as we head toward this particular point in life, we need to have a destination in mind, right? You know, we can't just be aimlessly going nowhere, swimming to no place, you know, living life to no end. We've got to have a goal and a destination in mind. And so I want to speak to all of us today on the power of just persevering, not giving up. Sure, many of us may not be considering giving up on life or what that may actually mean per se, but some of us may just be on cruise control. We may just think, all right, it's not terrible, but it's not great, and I'm just cruising into eternity. Um, I don't want to stir the pot too much. I don't want to take too many risks. A little too disappointed by doing that. So some of us may feel like, you know what, cruise control may just be the right thing for me. But I don't think any of us really feels like our life is as invigorating or as fulfilling when we are just going through the motions of life. For many of us, the struggle is that life, as we know, gets dull. It gets redundant. It seems like you're doing the same thing over and over again. You've got the same routine, but you don't really see the point behind it. And many of us just accept that this is just how things are going to be until I die. Things are going to be terrible. Things are terrible. It'll be monotonous, and then I'll die. But I don't want you to think that life has to be that way. So for any of you who feel tempted to just go through the course of life on cruise control, here's my advice. Don't do it. And I hope that out of this sermon, you'll get some advice on how to avoid doing that, but also get some hope and some encouragement as well. So before we get started, just remember, you just got to keep going. I don't know what everybody's struggle is. I don't know what everybody's challenge is, but I can guarantee you that you just got to keep going. And so go with me, if you will, to Proverbs 16 and 1. Proverbs 16 and 1. We're going to read all the way down to the ninth verse today. It says, The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man appear in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. Commit your work to the Lord, and your plans will be established. The Lord has made everything for his purpose, even the wicked for the day of trouble. Everyone who is arrogant in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Be assured, he will not go unpunished. By steadfast love and faithfulness, iniquity is atoned for, and by the fear of the Lord, one turns away from evil. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies be at peace with him. 
Better is a little righteous, a little with righteousness than great revenues with injustice. The heart of man plans his way, but it is the Lord who establishes his steps. Let's pray. Lord, as we um, get ready to jump into the word today, um, it is a reminder for us um, that you set the course of our lives. Um, That you go before us, God. And there is a frustration that many of us may wrestle with or deal with or just a hope that things were different. But God, this, I pray, would be an encouragement for us to live the lives that you have called us to live, have the meaning in those lives, have the purpose in those lives that you've called us to live. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so this is opening here with something that we are pretty familiar with, right? It says, man may make his plans, and in those plans, we have a way that we want those plans to go. We have a way that we would go about it, how we would do things, how we would go about those plans. And it's easy to think without much thought that maybe I'm just doing things the right way. That as I go along the way, this course of life that I'm on, because everything I do is right in my own eyes, it is easy for me to think that all of my motivations are pure. All of the reasons that I do what I do is pure in my own eyes. But it says, even though all of your ways are right to you, it is actually God and God alone who can actually weigh those things out. It describes it here is that he weighs our spirits. And so we need to think about that for just a second because this will be the catalyst for everything else that we say today. In my own eyes, speaking of Brandon specifically, in my own eyes, my motives are always clear. They're always clean and they're always pure. But what about my motives in the eyes of God? This is a question that we must ask not one time in regards to one thing in life, but we must be constantly asking this about ourselves. We must be constantly asking as we envision and think for our lives in the future, are my motivations as clear and as clean and as pure as I feel like they are? And it is an undeniable fact that every one of us in this room needs vision. We need an outlook on the future. We need to be thinking about where I'm going, where I'm headed, and we should desire to do in our future, in our lives, whatever God has called us to do, but not in a mundane or monotonous way. We, as Christians, should lead the charge as doing the thing that God has called us to do better than anybody else. That's it. Just because you're a Christian, it doesn't mean that you need to be less talented at what you do. It doesn't mean that you need to be any less gifted than anybody else just because you're a Christian. But what it does mean is that we need to be more sensitive in regards to how we handle our goals and our vision and our talent and what our motivations are. For trying to go, we're trying to go. I remember when I was around 14 years old, my mother had started letting me drive her car, you know, very illegally. And she let me drive these short distances. I remember it was a white Honda Passport. And at that time, you know, the church we went to, she sang in the choir, this huge choir. And 
she would go to these rehearsals every week, and the church was probably five minutes from my house. And so every time that she wanted to go to rehearsal, I wanted to go with her. Now, she wanted to go to sing. I wanted to go to drive. You see, the point is, we were going the same place, but we had two different motivations. Now, I'm thanking God she never actually asked me, even though she probably knew, why do you want to go to rehearsal with me all of a sudden every week? And then one for the quality time, it was because I wanted to do what I wanted to do. But this is the thing. If she had asked me, not only would I have told her, I just want to spend some time with my mama. I probably would have even convinced myself when I said it, it ain't really a lie, because that is part of the truth. But the real motivation that I knew deep down in the recesses of my heart is I just want to drive her car. And I think it is easy, if we don't admit it, as believers to think, well, I'm going this direction and we're all heading the same direction. And I'm trying to really convince myself that my motives are what I say they are, even if I know deep down in my heart they are not. As believers, I think that we actually should be great music makers. I think we should be rich in our writing, and I think that we should build the best and the safest builders. That, that isn't the question. I think we should lead the charge in how well we do what we do. I think all of those things should be the best quality that people will get because they come from Christians. The question, however, is what will our motivation be when we do it? We have to wrestle with that. For a few years, I convinced myself that wanting to be a really good preacher was just a wrong desire. And so what I felt inherently is that it was selfish for me to want to be a good communicator, be a good preacher, be better than other guys who are around me. And so what I did is I convinced myself that, it, you know, my preaching needs to have as little of my character as possible because that's going to get in the way and I need to be as mundane and as straightforward as possible. But then I started to think, would I say the same thing if I were a Christian who was running a restaurant? That I would just want my food to be as average as possible. That it just tastes just like what you eat at home. It's not seasoned well, it's, it's, it's average. We clean up just as well as Anybody else in their home, but we ain't trying to be better than everybody else. That's stupid. Or if I was a firefighter, it's like, you know, I'm not really trying to lead the charge of being the best. You know, I don't, I don't have to save any lives. I let the other people save lives because it's really humble of me not to try to save lives. No, that, that would be foolish to not be the best at what God has called me to be. Would I just want to be average? No, I would certainly want to be the best because I could figure me wanting to be the best gives me a right motivation. And many of us are so afraid that our motivations are impure that we don't have any motivation at all. We so scared that God may actually do something with us and that we're so convinced that our intentions are wrong 
that we do nothing. How is that at all honoring to God? And I think, y'all, this is what leads to our monotony, by the way. Our boring lives is that many of us are so afraid that it is wrong to do what we do at the highest level, convinced that we lose our morals. But maybe, I think, because secretly we do know what our motivations are. I think many of us know in the core of our hearts I might not want to do this to the goodness of God. I may not want this for his glory. I think many of us know I I don't really even care if God is glorified through this. This is about me. And so the fear of success is not that I'll lose my morals when I get there. He said, I know I ain't got them right now. Tony Evans says this, and I think it's very poignant. He says, money has never corrupted anybody. It only reveals who a person already was. Some people are rude and nasty and arrogant and selfish. They're just too poor to be all of that to the people around them. You get those same people money and all of that will come out. Same with us. Perhaps the fear that success will corrupt us is because we're corrupted already. That our morals, even in the little spaces and places that we are, aren't where they should be. So how, this question we want to answer, how can I lead a meaningful and fulfilling life that glorifies God, that meets my desires, and does not cause me to lose my values? And that's the hard part, right? How can I find this balance? Well, this is what the proverb says that we're looking at today. Puts it pretty simply. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. Simple. Maybe this ain't the advice we want, but it is certainly the advice that we need. The start for us is that before we can go anywhere in life, we have to make sure that the work we do, even now, even when people don't see it, even when people don't notice it, even if people don't know your name, we have to ensure that the work that we do right now is a work and a service unto the Lord. That means that while we are here, and even if I'm not where I want to be in life, even if I don't work the job that I want to work, even if I'm working for people that I don't like, This work is not unto them. It is unto the Lord. It's not for them. And that means that I can't just settle in this state of discontentment, but devote myself to the Lord. If I start working at a fast food restaurant, but I think, you know what? I got a degree. I'm smart enough to be the manager one day. Well, I can tell you the quickest way to not be the manager is to go there and think that you're above everything they ask you to do. 
Not only will you probably guarantee you'll stay flipping burgers and putting fries in the fryer, you might not even do that for long. No, the best way to show, you know what, I think that I deserve to be higher is you come in there and the little stuff they ask you to do, you don't do it for them. You do it unto the glory of God. And you trust and believe that people will see what you do and open the doors that you need to be opened. I'm committing myself to the Lord because he knows the way that I take and where I am is not necessarily where I will remain. If I commit to the Lord, then he will establish my plans. And that will be because my plans are honorable and noble before the Lord. But that will also mean that my work before the Lord is honorable and noble as well. You're a Christian, stop cutting corners. Stop taking extra time off on break. Stop doing the things because you feel like, well, they don't pay me enough. They don't do this. So this is uh, the way that I get back. That's not how it works. Because even if they don't see, the Lord does. And how reasonably, we know the text, can you expect God to give you more to hand you more, to make you more faithful over more when you can't be faithful over little. How? He needs to know that he can trust you now. The hard lesson for us, y'all, to learn is that while I'm here, wherever God has placed me, for however long that is, I got to honor him in what I do. I got to do it for him. I'm not doing it for me. And it is, y'all, very tempting preaching to the choir here when you don't feel as fulfilled as you like in a particular place, space. And this ain't just work. There's anything in life. Everything becomes a problem. Everything needs to be fixed. Everything is broken. But it's, it's really you. You're the problem. But let this be a reminder for you that your service, wherever you are, is unto the Lord. It is not unto your spouse. It is not unto your kids. It is not even unto your boss, but it is unto the Lord. Faithfully doing the best that you can is the most honorable thing that you can do, even if you don't feel like I don't get paid enough to do what I'm doing. That, according to this scripture, is what creates the path for us. Proverbs 18 and 16, we know what it is and we know it, but we got to think practically about this. A person's gift makes room for them and brings them before the great. It's not a cliche. That is a proverb and a word to keep in our hearts. And he says that the Lord has made everything for its purpose. 
That isn't just you or me or the world, but that even in the seasons and stages of life that we're in, they all have a meaning. They all have a purpose. Every season and stage of life has something that God is working out in our life. It has meaning, and every place that God places you has a meaning. You just have to keep going. That's it. I don't typically, you know, share personal stories in my sermons too much. A lot of them be made up, as y'all don't know, but I'll just share this. I feel like I'm a living witness to this. I don't feel like I've always had the best and right motivations. I don't think everything that I've done is noble. I think a lot of things that I've done, even in my own life, has been to prove to people that I am somebody, that I am gifted, I am talented, that I am more than what people assess of me. But I will also tell you like this. It wasn't until I stopped trying to prove who I was and what I was to horizontal people And I just did everything I did as a service unto the Lord. Literal doors, literal paths were made. Doors were open and I was in places and have remained in places and in friendships with people I never thought I would know. That ain't got nothing to do with me. That is obedience to the Lord. I was telling somebody recently Some of the things that the Lord, in his grace and his mercy, if he doesn't do another thing, some of the things that he's allowed me to do at 32, I thought I would never do to 52. I don't want to fumble what the Lord has done. I want to trust him in the midst of what he's doing. And keep going. Because in the midst of that, there were years, not months, not days, not weeks. There were years of discontentment, years of being overlooked, years of thinking nobody knows who I am or what I do. There were years of that, and it might continue, but I know that faithfully putting your head down and doing the work that God has called you to do will be honored. It will be. And so, when you think about the words that I never really thought about until I got grown, (laughs) Scripture didn't make no sense to me when I was younger. Don't get weary and well-doing. Why would I be weary if I'm doing well? It makes so much more sense to me now. (laughs) Things can be just fine, but they may just not be what you want in life at that time. And what do we get? We get weary. We don't realize how good we have it. And what it takes is a reflection of, you know what? The things I have now, I prayed for. Why am I weary? It's because we lose perspective. I had to live a little bit to realize discontentment is not something that I will periodically deal with. I will probably wrestle with discontentment until the day that I die. What I want in the midst of that wrestle is God to draw me to himself. 
and remind myself that, no, Lord, you've created everything with reason and you've helped me remain faithful and you have committed to me even in the meantime. And as he mentions that everything has a purpose, he reminds us that there is even now a day prepared when the wicked will face their punishment. For us, our season or even our life of trouble and misery has a beautiful and redemptive ending in peace. And that day for all of us who believe is coming. Hence, the master says to the ruler, you've been faithful over such a few amount of things. Come on up. And now I will make you ruler. But I also do believe that we get a glimpse of that here in this life. The full picture is not revealed, but we do get a glimpse. Well, the proverb says it plainly right here. That when a man's ways please the Lord, even his enemies will be at peace with him. And that is a glorious revelation. If I commit myself to God, do what I do for him, even the people, you know, the people that we talked about last week, even the people that are my enemies will seek to be at peace with me. Just keep swimming. Keep showing up, keep treating people right, keep serving God, and watch what God does in your heart. And watch what he does to the people around you. And it is what the psalm says that we need to be reminded of as I close. If I delight myself in the Lord, if I am delighted most with God, he will give me the desires of my heart. And here's the secret. This is the secret. When I am most delighted in God, he is my greatest desire. And that's where our text wraps up. In my heart, I have plans. I have goals, I have dreams, I have visions, I have desires. But guess what? It is the Lord that establishes my steps. And the Bible says, the steps of a good and upright believer are ordered by the Lord. So whatever I get, it may not be what I originally wanted or thought I was going to get. But if I want God more than anything, then the only thing I really want in life is what he wants for me to have. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you um, for the word. We thank you for this revelation of truth. We just got to keep going. We just got to keep swimming. It's, it's a marathon. It's not a race. And we can't even see clearly the path. God, I can make lofty plans and goals and dreams. And you say without vision and a plan, the people perish. But I also got to know that in the meantime, in those goals and those plans, my heart has got to be right for you. It's got to be right towards you. 
God, I'm not living my life. None of us are to prove these people wrong. God, we are living for you. And God, I pray that you challenge us today, all of us, including myself, who are wrestling with that monotony, with feeling left out and feeling like you're not where you want to be, God, I pray that you will open our hearts and let us see maybe our motivations aren't as clear as we thought they were. And that you would reconfigure our hearts to be most delighted and satisfied in you. God, and it's the truth. I only want what you want. God, don't let me want anything else that you haven't called for me to have. And let me trust the process. I may not be where I want to be right now, but life is a long time. And I'm trusting you. It's my encouragement for all of us. In the midst of what we go through, we just got to keep swimming. We got to keep going. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.